You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast for casual weather conversation. I'm Min Fun. And I'm Castle Williams. And on today's episode, we have a special guest. Emily Wilson is a private sector meteorologist who will be joining us today to talk to us about um, some of her research with airlines and aviation and clear air turbulence. So. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I storm when I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better Hey Emily, how's it going? Hi guys, I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's it's great to have people on the time, and it's great to bring in our uh, our UGA friends, of course, exactly, as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Go dogs! <laughs> Go dogs! Did you watch the um the game this past weekend? I UNC? did. I was a nervous wreck during it. I was so stressed. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, though. When is UGA not making all their fans a nervous wreck? Because the games are almost always relatively close. And then the fourth quarter is when they start working some magic. And then we feel a little bit better. But wow, (laughs) it was kind of scary. That one was a rough one. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and I'm in North Carolina. So I kind of I wore my UGA jersey proudly. But um, it was like, uh, I don't know what I should do. I'm sure you got some looks. Oh yeah, I definitely got some looks, and I'm in. Um, so I'm in Greenville right now for, um, and I'm at East Carolina, and everybody was like, "Why aren't you wearing ECU gear? Why are you wearing UGA gear?" And I'm like, "Guys, it's my alma mater. It's my undergraduate school. I can't." There's just something about it, you know. Like once you're in graduate school, yeah, you can care about the team that you're going to school at, but I don't know. It's just really hard for me to get into another school's football team after I've been spoiled so much. I feel like at being in, in Georgia and in Athens, you know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing like being at that football stadium in Athens. It just, you oh, get yeah. emotionally connected to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily, you um, went to UGA for your undergrad and also went for your master's as well. Um, how was that and, and what years did you graduate kind of thing? And um, what was your experience like there? Um, my undergrad, I finished in 2010. And then my master's degree, I finished in 2012. And uh, Athens was the best five years of my life. So... The, the program was great. The college town is great. It was just an, a great experience. And when was the last time that we saw you? It's been... Yeah. It's were you at the Atlanta AMS conference? Probably at AMS. Well, she Did was you go, at which one, Phoenix. What was the last one you went to, right? Uh, I was right. at were you in Phoenix? N- New Orleans. That's right. New Orleans. That's where we're at. Oh, that's right. We saw you there. Yes, duh. duh. <laughs> I talked about turbulence. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Forgot. Oh man, time flies. All these AMSs just kind of they run together. Together, Ugh. you don't remember which AMS is which anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. So you know, in the news recently, there have been a few different articles and headlines about um, airlines and airplanes flying and experiencing rough skies, and people have gotten injured. I think we have an article here about from May 6, twenty sixteen, an Allegiant airline flight. Um, experienced some some turbulence and uh, the the headline here is brutal turbulence on Pittsburgh flight causes bloody injuries. <laughs> it's a little uh, little dramatic in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, um, pretty intense. They want to get you to read the story. <laughs> so true. I have people's blood on my feet. Said one fellow passenger. <laughs> like wow, <laughs> sounds kind of uh, rad. I don't know what kind of um, turbulence that was. I believe it was 
they never said anything about severe weather or anything, so I'm thinking it's clear air turbulence. And then, you know, within a few days of that one, there was another article about seven people injured on a flight from the Dominican Republic. And I believe that one was cited to be, it's also Allegiant Airlines, I think. Yes, it was. <laughs> so Allegiant was just not having a great week. Yeah, they were having a rough um, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just a slew of, of uh, stories in May. I don't know what was going on in May of, of this year, but there was another flight, I believe, with JetBlue. They were flying from Puerto Rico to Orlando. And then they also had some scary situations going on. I believe there was some cracks in the fuselage and then um, the... Uh, oxygen mask came down and stuff like that and you know that's something you never want to read about especially <laughs> if you are a frequent flyer right but for the most part flying is relatively safe a lot of people think it's really dangerous from the way it's depicted in movies or tv shows but um for the most part there aren't that many airline injuries so you hear you hear about these you know, big, severe turbulence events, but that's maybe, you know, 1% out of all of the flights flying in a day. So, I mean, flying is very, very safe. So, with all the different types of turbulence, some of these um, articles cite what is clear air turbulence. Other ones cite having um, thunderstorms that cause the turbulence. So, um, can you give us a quick breakdown of what all types of uh, turbulence people can experience when they're flying through the air? Oh, yeah, there's several kinds of turbulence. Obviously, as you said, you can get turbulence in and around thunderstorms. Um, you can get turbulence in clouds, especially something called transverse cirrus bands. Those are typically pretty bumpy. Um, and then some of the turbulence that you can't really see um, over terrain, there's something called mountain wave turbulence. Um, and that's it makes the plane essentially do a big wave, hence mountain wave. Um, And then the one that everybody talks about is the clear air turbulence, which is the one that you can't see. And it's hard to predict. And usually it's predicted based off of certain atmospheric features or atmospheric patterns. So with clear air turbulence, people, that's probably the one that's talked about the most because things that people can't see are the ones that are they're the scared of the scary. most. Yeah. So when you are forecasting it or if people are forecasting it, you said you can look at different atmospheric conditions. What might some of those be? Um, One of the most common ones is you can get turbulence uh, in the wind shear on the top of or below the jet stream. That's one of the ones that's the most common. Um, You can also get them behind trough lines. That's another pretty big one. You can get some pretty bumpy turbulence there. Um, And then, you know, just anywhere that you've got, you know, rising or sinking motion in the atmosphere, you can get bumped around. A a, a ridge is a good example of that. You can get it on one side of the ridge line where you've got that air sinking as it comes over the ridge. There's several features that cause it. So I guess with um, with the uh, the different types of of turbulence that you can see, oftentimes we've heard about accidents happening in the past where, you know, a thunderstorm is coming through and um, sometimes airplanes might fly through the downdraft or an updraft of a storm. But for the most part, they try to avoid convection or anything like that, right? Yes, that's that's true. You, they typically try to not fly through thunderstorms. Have you seen that video of the Atlanta airport where they have like an animation of afternoon pop-up thunderstorms and they have all the airplanes flying into yeah. Atlanta, but they're like circling or they're like moving around? The th- yeah, have you also, have you seen that one, Emily? Oh yeah, everyone Dude. everyone shows it to me whenever <laughs> they see it too, and I'm like, yes, yep, they're holding cool. for the thunderstorms or they have to divert if the airport shuts down. It, thunderstorms yeah. can cause 
uh, some pretty hectic times at airports. So, what's the worst ex- um, turbulence that any of y'all have ever faced before? Do you guys remember any uh, momentous occasions in the air? I've never really had a bad experience with it, to be honest, and I'm I'm glad oh, really? for that. <laughs> <laughs> Castle, have you? Yeah, I had one. It was actually on our way back, on my way back from Cleveland, from the ICB, the International uh, Society of Biometeorology Bio- conference that we went to. Yeah, I was on the way back and all of a sudden like the flight attendants were giving out drinks and stuff and snacks and stuff and all of a sudden we hit like just a quick pocket and so we dropped a little and they fell into like the laps of the people they were giving the drinks. <laughs> oh, no oh, way. No. Yeah, so <laughs> they oh were <laughs> they were like everyone was a little embarrassed but it wasn't like super bad at all. Okay. They were okay, right? They didn't get hurt. Yeah, everything was fine. It was just okay, I think people good. were a little embarrassed. That <laughs> yeah. I think the worst for me was when I was in Vietnam uh, back in 2002. I don't know why, but it was raining and there was like thunderstorms around, but our flight still took off. I don't know what <laughs> the uh, safety protocols in Vietnam are. I'd hope that they'd be as stringent as they are in America. But I remember like a lightning strikes, like coming really close to the airplane, if not striking the airplane. And then we hit some really bad turbulence to the point where um, the overhead compartments were opening up and luggage was falling out of them. Oh, wow. And I was just thinking like, oh, dear Lord, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was it was quite scary. But I mean, we made it through and it's OK. But um, some people have a huge fear of turbulence, but some people enjoy it. They think it re- resembles a roller coaster, which I don't personally get because a roller coaster i feel like for the most part is like you're attached to a whatever <laughs> right. that thing is but their plans like you're gonna free fall and you can't it's not like acrophobia where you're gonna go up and down and then it's regulated this airplane could technically just fall free fall and it's just i don't know i also have kind of a fear of flying an irrational fear of flying but i fly anyway because i have to get to places you know <laughs> Well, that's good that you face your fear, though. Yes. yes, I try for the for the love of travel and for AMS conferences. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a reason why you're afraid of flying? Um, or like what I don't led know. to it? I just, I think maybe when I was younger, watching those movies, I forgot which specific oh. movies they are, but there are a few yeah. of those lingering in the '90s where Probably people like would Final have Destination. Some really bad <laughs> yeah, like Final, but they didn't get on the airplane though. I mean, in his in his vision, they did though, and then it oh exploded. yeah, that, that did happen. Yeah, and then watching maybe like Lost. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Grey- yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy like too. Oh, that's right. It did happen in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I heard about that. See, I can't watch that show anymore because everyone keeps on spoiling it for me. I haven't. I've never watched it. I watched like, maybe one or two episodes here and there. Now I feel like I can't watch it because I, now I know everybody dies. Wait, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you just spoiled you it. You just for everybody. ruined it for everyone else. <laughs> I should. We'll, we'll edit it out and put spoil alert. How about that? <laughs> um, so, Castle, do you want to touch on some of those uh, other stories on the article? Yeah, like sure. Maybe myths about turbulence or something. Another incident that happened was May seventeenth, twenty sixteen. It was a Southwest airline flight from Boston to Chicago. And I can't, do you remember if it was clear air or I'm pretty sure it was clear air turbulence. Uh, I don't know about that one. That one, that one was a newer one I hadn't heard of before. Cause and, today. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was clear air because it only uh, injured two flight attendants and they turned around and went back to Boston and took them to the hospital and then got the people on a different plane and to go to Chicago. And then the other 
um, incident was August 12th, more recently. It was a JetBlue flight to somewhere in California. And this was kind of a crazy... Um, it put 24 in the hospital, which is a, a large number. It's more than last year's total combined. So it was... Oh, wow. Yeah, there was uh, 21 incidents last year, I believe. So our injuries last year. This was 24, putting them over that. But this one, they actually hit a storm though, right? There was actually yeah. just an incident a week or a week and a half ago, I think. Um, oh, really? A United flight on the way to Dublin or Shannon or one of those airports in Ireland. Uh, experienced severe turbulence over the Atlantic and had to make an emergency landing. And I want to say they put 12 people in the hospital. Wow. I saw the news stories about it, and I I was just like, wow. (laughs) So that was my biggest question was, like, was this year more, like, did it happen more often? Or is it just because, like, as we continue into the future, we have more technology available and we could take pictures and record videos and... So it just, it's kind of like one of those other things. It just seems like it's related, but it's not. I think that social media does play a big part in that now, because now as soon as it happens, everybody's posting it on their Facebook and their Twitter and the story gets out. And so then the media picks up on it and then, you know, everyone hears about it. I think, you know, in the past couple of decades, maybe that wasn't the case. No, I I agree. And I actually kind of did a little more research into it and I found the FAA said, They've been falling steadily since 2009, the incidents. And so they think that smartphones and social media is the culprit for all these, um, the increase in stories. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, every time you turn on like ABC News, right, they always have a video like, oh, shocking moments, terrifying moments in the air. And you have (laughs) like a video shaking with uh, people screaming and then like beverages all over the ground. One like that last winter, it was a flight somewhere in the Pacific and somebody like had their smartphone and recorded the video as their flight's going through severe turbulence and everybody's screaming and things are flying (laughs) and it was all over the news. I mean, let's not, I'm not going to lie though. I totally have my GoPro out and I thought the video took a long time. You're one of those people. I am. I'm part of the problem. It's okay. We'll forgive you. (laughs) Just this once. Just this once. Hey, Castle, take it away for a minute. I think my neighbors are like using their faucet really loudly. So my audio might be kind of crappy. Using their faucet? (laughs) Yeah. My apartment's really old, Emily. So when the uh, neighbors use their faucet, it just makes like this awful, god-awful loud noise. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Kind of going back to the JetBlue flight that injured those 24 people, this was kind of a different circumstance because it was an actual uh, thunderstorm that they flew through, I believe in South Dakota. With thunderstorms, the thing about that is like, you know, you can be flying through a thunderstorm area and it looks fine and then something can, you know, build up underneath you. And that, that I think is where you see most of the these severe reports related to thunderstorms. Because, mm-hmm. you know, normally you can kind of, unless it's like a broken line with a front, you can kind of pick your way through them. But if something, you know, builds up kind of underneath you, that's where you're going to get that massive, you know, push of the plane. And I think that's kind of a little bit of what happened because I was reading um, a blog by Cliff Mass, who's a professor at University of Washington, and he kind of broke down the storm, uh, like what happened meteorologically wise. And he said that there was kind of a, there was a hole between two cells and they kind of joined at the last minute. And so he didn't have the type of like up-to-date weather information in his cockpit that he needed to make that decision. And so that's what he thinks kind of happened. So he thought he could shoot the gap and then it filled in on him. 
Right. That happens too. So this kind of leads to the question of uh, should pilots be given more weather information? Because he kind of linked to another blog in his blog about how some of the weather information that pilots have in their cockpit isn't as super up to date as the kind of stuff that we see on our radar scope on our phone or our tablet. Um, I think that as we move into the future, you will see pilots having more weather information available in the cockpit. Right now, before pilots take off, uh, I believe they get weather information printed out in their paperwork before the flight. But obviously, if they're in the air and you know a thunderstorm develops, they're not going to have that information on that paperwork. Airplanes do have radars on them as well. And then I know some airlines have started testing out um, giving their pilots tablets in the cockpit where they can, you know, have use the Wi-Fi to get the latest weather information and have it at their fingertips while they're flying. So I think that's, especially this tablet thing, I think is something that we'll see a lot more of as we move into the future. And then also with the um, folks who are in the airline industry or dealing with transportation um, in the air, the National Weather Service will also be able to offer information about aviation weather as well to people, correct? Uh, that's true. They There is the Aviation Weather Center has uh, a website with all kinds of aviation weather related um, products. And so I think it would be nice, you know, if the pilots could look at that, you know, while they're in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I feel like that's one aspect that I never look at, but we can definitely look at it because it's free and open to the public because it's government, um, you know, funded information. But it's something I never even think about, you know. I just normally, I think there might be like a turbulence map that you can see on like weather.com or something, which is might be what I look at or something, but I never think to look at the Aviation Weather Center. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll throw that out to the uh, listeners too and let them know that there's actually something you can look at. Whether or not you can fully understand it, that's one thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I pulled up the map just now and it looks a little, it looks like there's a bunch of warnings all over the country with red and blue and red dots with a lot of acronyms. So I'm not really sure... Um, if we can understand it, but if we can want to look at it, if y'all want to look at it, <laughs> feel free to. So based on all that information that we know about turbulence and, and whatnot and how it impacts people, there's a USA Today article. I don't know if you guys have it in front of you, but it's five myths about air turbulence and what you can do, what you can't do, and what's fact and fiction. And so the first one they have is um, pilots always get a lot of warning about air turbulence. And we've been talking about that. That, you know, sometimes you do have the information about where storms might develop and you might have a forecast about clear air turbulence. But sometimes things just happen and you have to be able to deal with that as a pilot. So I guess that's always that's a false for that one. Um, number two is severe turbulence can break up an airplane. <laughs> Again, very <laughs> dramatic sounding. Um, and the last so the last major turbulence accident was in 1966 in Japan near Mount Fuji when a airline broke up and all, all 124 people unfortunately died. Um, but that does not happen very often. You hear those stories about people getting injured, but... In my research, that one in Japan is the only airplane breaking up that I've ever heard of, so... Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, Castle, what's uh, myth number three? So number three is, when the seatbelt sign is off, it's okay to unfasten your seatbelt. <laughs> what do you think? All, you should always have your seatbelt fastened on a plane, even if the seatbelt sign is off. I will tell you that I never unbuckle my seatbelt when I'm flying. So <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Because there's always something unexpected that the plane can hit, 
and you don't want to be the person flying up in the air because your seatbelt's not fastened. Like, it's not even uncomfortable, if anything. No. Like, I mean, it should fit snugly around your waist, but you shouldn't, like, tighten it up to constrict your breathing or anything like that. But it's not, it's not like a car seatbelt where it's going over your whole entire shoulder and you can't move, you know? Um, so, yeah, unless you're going to the bathroom or you're doing, like, stretching maybe, then just keep the seatbelts on, folks. A lot safer that way. Yeah, this guy says... He has a great quote. It says, keeping your seatbelt fastened is cheap insurance. Exactly. Could, that is very could, true. Yeah. I <laughs> said it better myself. Um, okay. number f- Myth number four is there's nothing I can do about turbulence. I'm not sure I agree with some of the points under that point, though, because it said you can choose a flight that's less, um, less likely to encounter turbulence. I guess you can do that. I mean, I think what uh, they're getting at, like during the summer, you know, if you're trying to avoid you know, turbulence with thunderstorms, you'd obviously want to fly in the morning instead of in the afternoon when all the convection started popping. Um, And then even though there's thunderstorms during the summer, summer is quieter turbulence wise. Winter is when everything really starts picking up and everything's a lot more bumpy. So you're traveling in the summer and you should have a smoother flight. And then I think myth number five is people get injured by turbulence all the time. And we've talked about that before. Um, For the most part, in the United States anyway, we don't have too too many roughly like 20 ish per year or something like that um but yep. things can happen and then you might get more one year than and less the next year so um that's always very interesting and it's funny to note too the uh the captain or the uh pilot expert airline expert in this article that's quoted is actually captain um Sel- Sullenberger yeah, that's what captain i was Sully, thinking the guy that um landed the plane in the um in the Hudson. Right. <laughs> oh, and he's wow. getting a movie. He's getting a movie about him. It's coming out soon. Oh, yeah. Really I saw good. a preview for that the other day. <laughs> and like Tom Hanks going to be him or something? Yeah, Tom Hanks. I think there, there was a funny meme that went around, too. And it said, if you're anywhere near Tom Hanks, do not get on an airplane with him. Oh, yeah. Because like <laughs> Castaway, too. And then oh, Castaway. <laughs> There's some other movies, too. Yeah. And I'm like, That's guys, funny. you see that man in an airport, you avoid his flight by all costs. Oh, yeah. He Just was don't on, get on was, an airplane. He was stuck in that airport in that one movie. Oh, yeah. Terminal. Well, I was going to say, wasn't that was his movie where he got stuck in the airport? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called Terminal because he, um, he went around and got those smart cart things. And you yes. know how when you return them, you get money. So yeah. he just like made a, made money <laughs> off of that. He'd find like a cart that was just sitting around and then he'd just return it and get like a quarter and that would pay for his food and whatever. So it's smart if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> You should make little kids do that. Go to the airport. Well, that's like child labor. Maybe not. <laughs> little kids. Oh, I mean, goodness. you know, like kids, like they need like a quarter or two to get some like candy or something. Like just take them to the airport. You can just hang. Well, I guess you really can't hang out in an airport at your age anymore. <laughs> okay. This this is just going way wrong. Whatever. This, no, it's not. You're trying to do. It's still air, it's still air aviation and airplane related. So that's how I go, Emily. I'm always going on a tangent. And Castle <laughs> has to bring me back in. Yeah. I'm always like shooting off in some la-la land. But my heads are in the clouds. <laughs> oh, Get it? connection. Oh, and that's good because you're a meteorologist. So. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> and we're talking about aviation. <laughs> I know. So punny. So punny. So now that we've been talking about aviation, meteorology, and flying, we should probably talk about the recent flights that are going out to Cuba now. Yeah. Do you guys know how long it's been since since we've been allowed to fly to Cuba? I don't remember the, the actual number, 
but I want to say like 50 or 60 years or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say it's been, I was going to guess 50 or 60 years. It's really exciting that they're starting the travel to Cuba up again. And then I guess if you want to fly to Cuba, there are some airlines that are already flying to Cuba. I think JetBlue is already flying. And then they're going to start adding a bunch of other airlines too. Um, airlines apparently had to submit a bid to be the carrier oh. to fly to Cuba and then different parts of Cuba. And so I'm looking at a list here from USA Today. There's like Alaska Airlines, which is kind of random, but they're going to be flying to Cuba. Um, they're going to be flying from LA. Alaska might need to go, you know, to the beach, get away from the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the West Coast beaches don't count because the West Coast beaches are always cold. They need some nice warm Atlantic Ocean, Caribbean kind of beaches, I think. Um, but Alaska Airlines is going to be flying from LA so those Alaskans mm. might have to fly to LA first and then fly to, to Cuba. <laughs> um, American Airlines is flying from Miami and Charlotte. And then Delta is flying from Atlanta, New York, and Miami. Frontier is from Miami. And then JetBlue is from Fort Lauderdale, New York, and Orlando. The few other airlines sprinkled in there as well. Um, but they're trying to offer a decent amount of flights and kind of mix up who's going to be able to take people um, to give it that, uh, make it fair for everybody, I guess. But I mean, I think we talked about it earlier too. Even if we want to go to Cuba, you kind of have to have a reason to go. You can't just go because you want to travel. I think right now the travel to Cuba is restricted to you have to have a purpose for being down there other than just leisure travel is my understanding of it. Yeah, I think um, one of them was like my friend is a photographer and she was saying that she really wanted to um, take a picture of Cuba before all the big tourism stuff hits to kind of, um, you know, document what Cuba's like before it's back open yeah. to American travel. Yeah. And so she was trying to maybe go down there at some point and take a lot of pictures before it's flooded with American tourists. And she said the only way she could do it is if she um, held a photo workshop or a photography workshop or a mm. photo tour. And then that would be her purpose for going to Cuba yeah. is to host the tour to take people and show people how to photograph or something like that. But that would be her way of going around the loophole and going to travel and actually, you know, doing what she wants to do. So I wonder how long it'll be until they let everybody fly to Cuba and do whatever they want. But hopefully soon, because I'd like yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, I want to go too. Wait, Emily, you've been traveling a lot too. Didn't you come back from Europe recently or something? Yeah, I went to Paris and it was amazing. <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to plan another trip right now. I'm not I'm thinking either London or Barcelona, but I haven't decided Ooh. yet. <laughs> Miss Fancy Pants here. Would you um were you in Paris for your birthday too? Yes, and this oh. year I'll, this next trip is for my birthday that I'm planning too, so Oh my gosh. So what yeah, I couldn't, you in last Paris? year I couldn't think of a better place to spend my birthday than Paris, so <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah, what all did you do in uh in the lovely uh, city of lights. Oh, I went and I saw the Eiffel Tower, of course, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, the most beautiful place I saw is this old church called Saint-Chapelle. And it's like you go in it and it's two levels. And the first floor is just like dark and kind of dungeony. And then you go up this little spiral staircase. And the second level is just nothing but stained glass. Oh. And it's it was the most beautiful place I've ever seen. I went to Versailles and I did one mm. of those cruises down the, the Seine through the middle of town to look at everything. Oh, and of course I went shopping. <laughs> <down the laughs> <Tuesday. Of course. laughs> 
what about food? Did you get to um, experience the uh, escargot and everything like that, or did you uh, oh, play it safe? I did not have it. <laughs> I did not have it in Paris. I have had escargot before when I was in Quebec um, in high school, mm. and it was a little awkward. But <laughs> I wasn't gonna order it again. <laughs> Wait, so is it like slimy? Like, what does it taste like? I've never had snail before. It was for me. The thing that it was weird for me was it was really, really garlicky, and I'm not mm. a big garlic person so that was i think what ruined it for me and it, it was like chewy too which was a little off-putting oh, but <laughs> you don't like garlic a little bit but not like where it's like overpowering oh okay gotcha okay i'm a huge garlic fan i'm always a firm believer that there's n- no such thing as too much garlic but i think m- maybe on escargot there might be a such thing as too much garlic. <laughs> it was the, so. the garlic on that was a little a little much for me oh my gosh <laughs> So yeah, if you go to London, I guess they're not really known for their food very much. Fish and when chips. When I went to London, well, yeah, they have their <laughs> fish and chips, which is so stereotypical of us to say, but they I do know. have pretty good fish and chips. They have something called mashed peas, where they literally mash peas, like they would mash potatoes. Uh, that was weird. I, I think I'd pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they have a huge um, Indian food uh, culture as well, so a oh. lot of inspiration from Indian food. And so they have a lot of curry, a lot of that kind of stuff, like goat curry and things like that. Um, and that stuff is really good, too. Very spicy. Um, but always a joke, though, that English people don't have very good food overall. The cuisine, like it's not really sophisticated, but I think it's what you make of it. I had plenty of great food, I felt like, when I was there. A lot of pies and Cornish I think, too, now that stuff. you've got some of those bigger chefs, you know, like Gordon Ramsay from over there, like they're right. elevating the typical british food so you know i think it's getting better i forget <laughs> i'll find out <laughs> yeah no, you forget for sure. he's british even... how can you well forget? i don't forget he's british but i just i don't think of him automatically as being british i know you can hear his accent but i think of him as being american because he's always on american tv i don't know master chef hell's kitchen whatever other shows there are hotel there. hell <laughs> why is he in that show I don't know, just, but it's fantastic. <laughs> he just redoes hotels. I don't know why. And then I think recently, actually a couple days ago, if not yesterday, um, the Royal Caribbean, I guess we're shifting gears a little bit in terms of what types of transportation we're using. Yeah. And now we're going by boat. Different vessel. Like, yeah. Trans- yeah, different type of vessel. And so back in the wintertime, Royal Caribbean had a ship called Anthem of the Seas. And it's like a huge, huge cruise ship. And it sailed into a massive um, storm off the coast of the Atlantic and there was a bunch of turbulence. The ship was rocking back and forth. There was like viral videos of people like freaking out about it. And then after that, there were a few other encounters where they had a bunch of really rough seas. Well, with the whole hurricane, tropical storm, an extra tropical um, storm, Hermine, that was off the uh, mid-Atlantic and New England coast, you would think, okay, all the cruise ships should know by now that you don't sail into that condition and royal caribbean should definitely know not to sail in that condition and on top of all of that royal caribbean should not be sending that exact same boat into those (laughs) stormy conditions but you know what happened do you know what happened (laughs) they did it they did it anyway (laughs) maybe they need to hire a team of meteorologists or something and like that just (laughs) baffles me because like Something like this is not turbulence where you can't see it. Like, you know those storms are out there, and you're going to sail your ships into the middle of that? 
Like, I just don't understand. People were were upset about it, and they said it was a period of two to three hours of really gusty wind, waves hitting the ship, rocking the boat. Um, I mean, no injuries were reported. People were feeling a little bit seasick. Uh, I don't think I, it was I, as I crazy. So. Yeah, I, I don't think it was as crazy as what happened during the winter time. But just going back to those articles in February and, and seeing um, Royal Caribbean's response to everything saying, you know, we are reviewing our protocols. We are going to ensure that this doesn't happen again and blah, blah, blah. And it just keeps on happening. So to me, it's just kind of like a PR statement like, oh, you know, we're sorry about that. Like, we'll make steps to make sure it won't happen again. And then it just, yeah, just <laughs> it kidding. happens again. And then it just keeps on <laughs> happening. And, you know, luckily no one's died, but I just, I hope it didn't come down to that for their just stupidity in putting people out there. But then also, does it become a part of the individual who's going on a cruise ship to look at the weather ahead of time and say, you know, maybe I should contact mm. my cruise ship um, transportation <clears throat> person and see if it's okay or what they think about it? Because um, it's, I don't know. If I were going on a cruise ship and I knew that we were sailing into a storm, I probably would be like, meh, I'll pass and I want a refund. <laughs> I, I think I'd postpone my plans. But, you know, like in a case like that, I would hope that the cruise line would think and be like, we're not going to put, you know, how many are there thousands of people that go on a cruise? I don't even know. To put these like thousands of people at risk. That's just stupid. Be smart about the weather, guys. <laughs> I guess maybe to them, they, they knew that they would be able to get the ship through it. And they didn't think the losses and profit would be worth canceling the trip or postponing the trip. Maybe they knew like the ship wouldn't like break up, you know, or like sink, but then it would be really <laughs> uncomfortable. So like, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what goes through their mind. And I'm sure it's like a, a huge business, you know, you have to be careful with how you make plans. But to me, I don't know subjecting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on this like sailing vessel and they're all trying to have fun, and it's just a massive earthquake for hours on, on in the water. That doesn't sound like fun at all to me, unless you're like a, a teenage kid who wants an adrenaline rush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how are you gonna hold down all your food? I mean, it's not all you can eat buffet, but I don't, I don't think I'd be hungry if I were experiencing that level of shaking and rough seas. You know? Definitely not. I'd pass on the buffet at that point. I know it's hard to pass on a buffet on a cruise ship. <laughs> Hey guys, you know I'm a big music person, so I'm really curious to know what are your songs of the week this week. So I don't know what your taste in music is, but Castle and I tend to go a little bit more um, pop, pop kind of top forty ish. But the way I describe it, and I've said it before in, in other podcasts, is if I can sing and dance to it, I'm good. You know, whatever that song is, whatever the music is, and um, <laughs> this one's a little bit different, and it's a little yeah, bit deeper than what I'm used to saying. A little bit heavier, but um, Black Eyed Peas, back in yonder days when they first came out with the song um, "Words of Love" featuring Justin Timberlake. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say that was in the uh, mid 2000s or something like that, maybe like 10, 11 years ago, and that was a, a song that resonated with everybody. You know with all the issues going on back then and, and you know, trying to um, convey a sense of we all need to band together and, and come together as not just the country, but the world needs to come together to really fight all these things. And 
I think the Black Eyed Peas wanted to kind of do a remake of the song because they realized all the stuff that was going on now. So they actually released a updated version of Where's the Love. I don't know if you've heard it yet. Um, I haven't heard it. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I'll throw the link over to you after we finish. But um, it's it's pretty touching. They bring in a bunch of different people, a lot of um, yeah. famous artists in today's age to kind of come together and sing that song in unison to kind of illustrate the idea of, of coming together. But I think it was very touching and really nice. I still prefer the original one, but I like the Me idea too. of what they're doing. And I, <laughs> I like the ideas and messages that they're trying to convey. Um, but yeah, so that's my song of the week. You don't really dance to it, but... I think the meaning and the significance behind it uh, more than makes up for the fact that maybe it's not necessarily your uh, clubbing kind of song. Castle, what's your song of the week? Um, So my song of the week is called Ain't My Fault by Zara Larson. Um, I heard it today for the first time. It popped up on my top 40 world charts list on Spotify. Um, It's really awesome. Um, Min, you heard it briefly. I um, was saying that you were kind of having a not so great day today, right? And then after you heard yeah. that song, it was, it was, you know, enough to carry you through and, and put you in a really much better mood. So any song that can do that, I think it's a very powerful song. Oh, yeah. That's always a, a good feeling when a song can just change your mood. <laughs> but I just liked it because it was almost kind of like three or four different songs in one. She kept like changing. But the best part was, um, you know how sometimes in these rap songs, like the guy will rap and then the girl will do the the catch the catchy stuff in the yeah, middle yeah well she does all of it and so it's kind of it felt kind of empowering that she was like you know what instead of me just singing these four lines i'm gonna sing this whole song so okay. it was really cool i like you go part. zara i think she's from like sweden or something do you know about this artist emily uh, i have not heard of her actually i'll have to look it up after we're done so guest host emily what is your song of the week all right, well, I'm more into the alternative indie music, and so okay. my song of the week and actually song of the summer has been Wow by Beck. Like, every time it comes on in the car, I'm dancing on the interstate in Atlanta. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I think it's super catchy, and it has, like, a good beat to it, and I, don't, I just really like it. So. <laughs> so for those who don't know who Beck is, and we're not talking about Glenn Beck, right? <laughs> we're right. talking about the artist Beck. Um when was he when did he start his career or when did you start listening to Beck? Oh, I've been listening to him since I was in high school. So, he's been around for a while. And then what you said he focuses more on like indie kind of music and things like that? Yeah, he's like I I don't I feel like a lot of the stuff he does doesn't really fit into like a box, you know, okay. music-wise. So, yeah. that's kind of why I like it, but I've heard so I know this is like the part where the youngins are like, "What are you talking about?" Um, I've, I've only heard of Beck and I might've heard about or heard one of his songs or two of his songs in the past, but I can't put a finger on a specific song that I know from him, but I feel like I know some, do you know any castle? No, I was about to say, I'm so lost right now. I don't (laughs) know who this person is. I think it was popular when I started college back in the mid two thousands. It was called girl. I think if that's one that you're going to have heard of from back, that's probably that one. Because it, okay. it got, like, some of the mainstream stations would play that one. Mm, okay. Is he from, is he from America? Uh, he... I think he's from the UK, but I'm not positive on that. Oh, okay. that would make sense. Yeah, Bexus sounds automatically British sounds, for some reason. Yeah, it sounds why. British. <laughs> well, no, actually, it says he was born in LA. <laughs> oh, really? Well, okay. like, maybe I just made that up then. <laughs> It Glad says, we just um, made assumptions about the UK. He was born in LA to a Canadian 
musician. So he like is partially Canadian, and his mother was Jewish. I don't know. That's there's close some, to being British, there's some right? Confusion. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and there's close some enough. there's some Norwegian mixed in too. So it's just, <laughs> it's all sorts of just I don't know some weird. He has stuff three on. parents. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't read the article thoroughly right now, and, and by article I mean Wikipedia. But <laughs> I can't make sense of it. There, there's like somehow they link Andy Warhol to all of this, and I'm really confused as to how that mm. even relates to it. But yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm reading, and now Korean and Salvadorian pop up. So I'm not. <laughs> is he Korean? Is he El Salvadorian? Like, jeez, <laughs> this man is just a huge melting pot. I don't know. <laughs> Lord. Well, I was way off on my British guess. Maybe we can edit out where I said he's British. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Or maybe it'll go that. at the end. I think that's uh, that's pretty good. We finished yeah. in a really good amount of time. That's good. I'm starving. <laughs> Me too. Oh, man. So uh, do you want to start wrapping us up, Castle? Yep. Go for it. Wait, you have to start. Though. Oh, shoot. I always start. Never mind. Oh, I always forget how to end it. Um, so you can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or our website at weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. And always feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or, uh, on Android, <laughs> whichever format you listen to our podcast on your, uh, Android phone or app. For the people who have listened to the previous episodes and we're curious about how to leave a review on uh, Google Play, we had some people talk to us and they let us know that it's not possible. So you will have to find, use another podcasting app or get on iTunes to leave us a review. What are some of those podcasting apps? Um, You can get on Pocket Casts, which is kind of the premium app for podcasting. It costs like $3. Okay. But then there's also Stitcher which is free okay and you can use that for android as cool and um emily wilson again thank you so much for uh coming on and talking to us about um aviation weather and stuff like that if people want to find information about you where can they turn to or uh, how could they contact you um well i have a linkedin page uh, okay so i guess that's probably the best way it's emily wilson um and then i'm i also have my facebook profile <laughs> <laughs> do you i don't know if you want creepers to to creep on your facebook yeah, okay. so yeah just go um, with linkedin <laughs> wait, do you have do you have twitter do you use twitter a lot uh i have a twitter but i don't i use it more to like read other people's things instead of <laughs> gotcha posting my own but you can contact me through twitter it's em wilson 27 okay all right i was gonna say you're you're the twitter creeper awesome. you sit back and you're like hmm or you you, you watch all the meteorologists fight on twitter tweets. and you can just sit back and laugh and like and yeah i don't want to argue with all these people i just want to you know sit with the popcorn and enjoy their fight you exactly know? exactly <laughs> anyway all righty i think that's good um i guess yep. we'll see you guys uh in the next time but uh until then until, until next, next time, time stay, stay hyped, hyped. <laughs>
I would probably say a bunch of They'd words. They'd be like, who are these weirdos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, excuse you, we're not weirdos. <laughs> I'm including me in that too, by okay. the way. So. The three weirdos. I'm, I'm down with that. 